Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Her Blue Jean Demon and Other Quirky Romances, written by Icy Snow Blackstone. Four stories proving that love is grand, sometimes utterly wild, and often totally unexpected. Katie yearns for the ultimate bad boy, and the devil grants her wish. Sort of. Can a monumental underachiever of a demon and a good girl find true love? Lisa helps an old gypsy woman and is given a black cat and a wish charm that works at the wrong moment. Who knew Tomas the cat had an agenda of his own? When her android lover's brain is stolen, Lena Powell hires would-be rival Luke Khalil to find it. Can Luke convince Lena that a living man is better than a perfect artificial one? Gabriel Marsh is a Federation agent with a dilemma. His partner can change sex at will, and Gabriel's fallen in love with his other half. What do you do when the girl of your dreams is also the man from your waking life? Love will always find a way, but not often the one expected. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Her Blue Jean Demon and Other Quirky Romances. Somebody's knocking. Should I let him in? Lord, it's the devil. Would you look at him? I've heard about him, but I never dreamed he'd have blue eyes and blue jeans. Her demon in blue jeans. She was an angel craving chaos. He was a demon seeking peace. TheMindsJournal.com Chapter One Wasn't that a great movie? Kate slid into the booth beside Selena. It was a lovely late spring afternoon. She and her friends were part of the lucky few to have a four-day work week. As per their free-on-Friday usual routine, they had just left the Ritz Theater, where the latest horror movie was playing. Now they were at their favorite burger barn, right on schedule, where they would order their usual edible fare, also as usual. Sometimes life could become too predictable. The thought slid in and out of Kate's mind before she realized she'd even thought it. Yeah, Audrey breathlessly answered her question, waving at a passing waitress who skidded to a stop and trotted over. I just love Sean Donovan. Ooh, ooh, Jenny mocked, clutching her clasped hands to her heart and rolling her eyes heavenward. Don't we just love those bad boys? Oh, yeah, Audrey went on. Her gaze roved over the menu. Especially those bad boys turned vampire. Huh, not me, Selena declared, pulling the menu from Audrey's hands and studying it intently. I don't want a bad boy of any kind. Well, I certainly do, Kate replied. Mr. Sean can put his shoes under my bed anytime. Fangs and all. I suppose that'd be all right, Audrey smirked. If his shoes are the ones with fangs and not the man himself. She was always correcting her friend's grammar, much to their irritation. Even if they are, Kate retorted. She plucked the menu from Selena's fingers and studied it with the same care as her friend had. 
vacillated over the routine choice or something different, then reneged on changing as she glanced up at the waitress whose name tag informed one and all. Hi, my name's Gina. No need for that. Gina knew all the girls, had gone to school with them, in fact. Besides, she was always their waitress, another part of the Friday night habit. We'll have four specials, Gina. Coming right up, the waitress scribbled on her little pad. She really didn't have to. It was Kate's usual order. She really didn't have to tell Gina what she wanted, just as Gina knew it from memory. It was the usual order for all of them, always. Nodding, she hurried away. The debate about motion pictures, movie stars in general, and bad boys in particular, especially the paranormal kind, continued. Mentions of television series featuring vampires came and went, with a novel or two thrown in at intervals. Most of the conversation centered around the movie they'd seen that night, however. A minor epic with a plot about a young hood possessed by a demon. After many transformations and some very excellent special effects involving the hero's gratuitous semi-nudity and a generous display of six-pack abs, he meets a sweet little social worker. Demon is exercised by pure love amid fantastic explosion. Clinch, closing credits. Girl, how can you say that? Selena stared at her. With unerring accuracy, she homed in on Kate's statement of several moments before, as if no one had spoken since, as if she'd heard nothing else. You'd really like to be treated the way the girl in that movie was? I mean, he was so hateful to her, even when he wasn't a demon. Oh, I agree. Kate smiled at Gina, who placed a mouth-watering special Griller Burger Deluxe with fries and soft drink in front of her. Still, when they got together, did you see those sparks? Yeehaw! The other snickered as she gave a loud theatrical sigh. He's so handsome. All that red hair and those green eyes. Wouldn't touch him, Selena stated. I always remember what my granny told me. A red-headed man is the devil's own child. That earned her a scornful laugh. I'll take him if you won't. In fact, I'll put in a special order right now. Kate raised her hands, dramatically clasped in supplication. Oh, devil Satan, please send me your baddest bad boy, cause I'm ready and waiting and definitely willing. There was a bright flash of lightning, illuminating the sky to an eye-blinding brightness. A clap of thunder followed. So violent the glass in the little restaurant's windows rattled. The liquid in Kate's cup splashed onto the tabletop. Wow, Kate glanced out the window, looking upward at the sky. What was that? Is it going to storm? Not a chance, answered Selena, picking up her burger. She snapped a napkin out of the dispenser and handed it to Kate, who took it and began to mop up the spilled soda. That was just the devil granting your wish. Now, eat your fries, they're getting cold. It was early evening by the time they left the restaurant. The little group had gotten no further than the entrance when rain flooded the streets. I don't understand, 
Kate said as she paused inside the foyer door. There was a news box next to the entrance, and she hastily fed quarters into it. The front popped open, and she took out a newspaper. Dropping it onto the closest table, she began pulling the pages apart. There was no rain in today's forecast. No thunderstorms either. Thankful the town managed enough news to enable the local paper to have a dozen pages, she distributed several thicknesses of newsprint to Selena and Jenny, while Audrey dug into her purse and brought out one of those little plastic rain hood thingies. Unfolding it, she fitted it over her hair. Global warming, Jenny snickered. Magic, Audrey added. Hardly, Selena denied taking her share of the paper and folding it again before arranging the sheet over her head. She looked at Kate, then peered outside. This is all your fault, you know. Me? How do you figure that? Handing Jenny the last pages, Kate folded her own. If you hadn't bothered the devil with that smart mouth request of yours. Oh, come on, really? Kate looked at her friend in astonishment. It wouldn't be raining now and I wouldn't be in danger of having my brand new hairdo ruined by that deluge out there. You don't believe. Oh, really, Selena? Audrey spoke up, giving her friend an eyes rolling upward, disbelieving look. Is that possible? Jenny's eyes widened. Jenny was very superstitious. She gave black cats a wide berth, never stepped on a crack in the sidewalk, and always knocked on wood. She even wore a lucky penny around her neck, suspended from a chain inserted through a tiny hole drilled neatly above the top of Abe Lincoln's head. Of course not, Audrey bestowed a scornful look on her. Are you sure? Jenny persisted. That was a mighty bright flash of lightning. She pointed in a vaguely upward direction. The thunder made my teeth chatter, and it happened just as, just as I put in my order for a bad boy. Kate snorted. In that case, let me amend my order, right now. Cupping hands to her mouth, she looked out at the pouring rain and called in a stage whisper. Hey, Mr. Satan, sir, about that bad boy. Grinning, she looked around at the others before continuing. While you're at it, would you make sure he has red hair and green eyes? Be polite, Kate, Selena muttered. What do you say now? Oh, yes. Kate looked up again, giving a glib. Thanks ever so much, your devilishness. Hey, it's letting up, Jenny announced. Four surprised faces looked up. Sure enough, the rain was slowing, the sky clearing. In a few moments, it stopped completely. And as they watched, the dark clouds parted and dissolved into white wisps, revealing a sun in the midst of gloriously setting. Hmm, guess the devil likes it when people are polite, Selena said. Rolling up the newspaper and stuffing it into her tote, she caught Kate's arm as she pushed open the door. Come on, let's get to the car before he changes his mind. Don't worry, my dear girl. I'm not going to forget. I never forget. Satan smiled as he tapped the intercom on his desk. Yes, sir, his secretary's guttural growl rolled out. Satan grimaced. Mentally, he began composing a memo. Urdu, 
I strongly suggest you eat a handful of flour or something to soften your voice. Accustomed as he was to soul-cringing demonic bellows, unearthly moans, and the cries of the damned, that singular guttural rasp occasionally grated on his nerves, as now. I need a list of incubi coming up for evaluation. ASAP. Right away, sir. Satan smiled his fallen angel smile. Oh, this is going to be fun. About time. He hadn't had any of that in at least a millennium, or three. To the absent and unknowing Kate, he gave a useless warning. One should always be careful what one wishes for, young lady. You may actually get it. Because the following day was Saturday, Kate slept in. Awakening late in the morning, she stretched languidly, yawned widely, and lay looking up at the ceiling. What a wonderful time for something exciting to happen. That was before she remembered the most exciting thing she would face that day was doing laundry and cleaning the apartment. What a total waste of a day off. The same as all my other days off. I'm so sick of routine, routine, routine. Why can't I have some studly guy snuggled next to me? We could certainly put Saturday mornings to much better use. It wasn't going to happen, and she was well aware of that. Kate was cute, and the others agreed she had a great sense of humor as well as a quick wit. For some odd reason, however, she never had more than one date with any young man. All were more or less nice guys. Some more than less. But certainly none had ever been invited to stay the night and help Kate while away a Saturday morning. Generally, none called her for a second date either probably because of that specific fact. Audrey, Jenny, and Selena weren't the Snoopy kind, or given to speaking frankly of the times they themselves might have had a male sleepover. But if they'd dared asked her, Kate would have shrugged and said she simply hadn't found Mr. Wright. Yet. Her facetious and sarcastic request to the devil to the contrary, she was very particular when it came to whom she dated. That was the real reason she was alone in bed, as usual, apparently fated to stay that way if her current run of dateless Friday nights, or any other night of the week, was any indication. Therefore, with a loud sigh, Kate drew back the comforter and forced herself out of bed. Dressed in jeans and a t-shirt, she puttered around the apartment, pretending to tidy up. It wasn't difficult. Kate's apartment was notoriously clean, mainly because she never partied. She didn't do much else in it either, so... A swish of dust cloth here, a swipe there, a sweep of a broom over yonder, and it was done. The rest of the day was given over to watching a movie on TV via DVD and reading a novel she'd downloaded into her e-reader. It was a romance by her favorite author, but this time she couldn't get into the story. The heroine's tribulations and the hero's trials left her uncomfortably dissatisfied. For some reason, she kept thinking back to the movie she'd seen the night before and the completely silly request she'd made. Again, she asked herself why she'd done such a foolish thing. 
Did she really expect to get a boyfriend simply by asking for one? Anyway, begging a request of the devil required more than simply asking. Drawing chalk circles on wooden floors, dancing around fires at midnight, and other more unpleasant things, according to the paranormal romance and horror novels, anyway. The only explanation she could find for her foolish behavior was that she was bored. Bored with a four-day work schedule, the expected Friday night get-together with her friends, stopping at the same eating place, eating the same food every week without fail, and waking up to a solitary Saturday morning. Darn it, she muttered, bookmarking the page and turning off the little reading unit. I wish there was a devil, and I wish he really would send me a bad boy. Anything to change the humdrum of her life, as well as its loneliness. When evening approached, she showered. Then, seized by some impulse she couldn't name, put on her sexiest black semi-transparent nightie and peignoir. Bought on a whim, then packed away when sanity returned. Afterward, she decided she'd have a glass of wine. That was truly unusual, for Kate wasn't much of a drinker, except for the carbonated kind. The bottle of cherry Merlot was a birthday gift from Selena. Kate had put it in the refrigerator, to chill, and promptly forgot it. It had been lying on the bottom rack for three months now. Should be well chilled, she said aloud, as she slid it off the shelf and set it on the kitchen counter. She studied the dark bottle a moment. I really should put you out of your misery, before you turn to vinegar. Peeling off the wrapping around the cap, she unscrewed it with a deft twist of her wrist, selected a goblet, and poured a healthy splash. The glass was one of a beautiful lead crystal set she'd seen in a little boutique. At the time, Selena asked her why she was wasting her money on wine glasses when she didn't drink. Kate's answer was that she just couldn't resist them, any more than she had resisted the negligee set. Apparently, Selena thought anything bought should be used at least once, so when Kate's birthday rolled around, she'd appeared with a bottle of wine. With that attitude, she should find me a boyfriend, too, Kate muttered. Carrying bottle and glass into the living room, she dropped onto the little love seat to drink it. Taking a sip, she rolled the liquid around in her mouth, swallowed, and pronounced, Sweet, but a little saucy with a delicate piquancy, and giggled. Just like me, an acceptable and much-desired little vintage. That elicited a rueful sigh. Not so much like me. What do I have to do to be desired by men, anyway? She looked around as if expecting some smart retort. Don't answer that. She toasted her absent friends, emptied the glass, refilled it. Then she saluted her apartment, drank, and poured herself another, thinking of what else she might toast. Two hours and four glasses later, she was still sitting there, trying to determine if her legs would hold her up long enough for her to go to bed, and wondering why she'd indulged so recklessly. She'd just consumed more wine than she usually drank in an entire year, including birthday, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas, and New Year's Eve combined. Before she could make a decision, however, there was a loud knock at the door. Setting down her fifth, 
and as yet untouched glass of wine. She tottered over, calling, who is it? In a singing trill that was nothing like her usual serious contralto. Special delivery for Catherine Carter, came the answer in a male voice, deep and a little breathy, and, dare she admit it, terribly sexy. Special delivery, she thought about that. I haven't ordered anything. Kate wavered against the door a moment, putting out her hands to regain her balance. She supposed she should look through the peephole and see who was outside, but the fisheye seemed to be made for a seven-footer, and she always had to stand on a kitchen stool in order to reach it. At the moment, she didn't feel steady enough to go to the kitchen and carry that item back to the door, much less climb onto it. Miss Carter, the knock came again, a little impatiently this time. Never open your door to a stranger. Bad judgment, aided and abetted by all that wine, won out. Sliding off the burglar chain, Kate unlocked the door, pulled it open, and stared. Robin Hood stood on the other side. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Her Blue Jean Demon and Other Quirky Romances. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.